here. What is going on, good people out there? Thank you for tuning in. You are now listening to the Custer Chronicle. Man, listen, I'm trying to come in with a good intro. <laughs> Uh, what's happening? What's up? Something, and, and I, all I can come up with at the moment was yeah. So anyway, I work perfect, on that. that I'll work perfect. on that. I'll, I'll do something different next time we come through, so that way it uh, it's authentic and it's mine, and it sounds actually real. Anyway, was so. that some good encouragement for you right there? Yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty decent encouragement. All right, so before I <laughs> let me get into the introductions before I start talking about how my wife has really bad encouragement techniques. <laughs> so this is the Custer Chronicles, and I am your host Dwayne Custer, and I'm here with my lovely lady here, and this is Kelly K. So we're sitting here um, uh, bringing to you a podcast, and this is our first attempt at doing a podcast, but we want to. We felt like our conversations that we had on the one-on-one were so hilarious that we had to invite other people to be involved in it. And I, not to be... <laughs> we think we're funny, so we want everybody else to be funny. Is that what we're saying? That's, that's pretty much. And, and it's like, if, if we recorded every conversation that we had, we would have a lot of people like cracking up laughing. And I, like, we literally did not fail on that just seconds before we hit record. Is We did a test run on our... Uh, sound. I wanted to make sure that the audio was coming through correctly. I wanted to make sure we were recording properly. So I did a little test run, and yeah, that sounded a little, a little dry. I wasn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't as energetic, and I was just kind of going through the motions to make sure that my sound was right and my voice sounded okay, and the mic was at the proper distance. And apparently, I didn't sound pumped up enough for it because. Yeah, I was kind of kicking myself like, yeah, that didn't sound really good. And she goes, she she hits me with some encourage, so quote unquote encouragement, by saying, "Hey, I thought I thought you were a pro at this. I thought you knew what you was doing. You supposed to be the the the, the voice. You supposed to be the pro." And I'm like, "Wait a minute, is that is, you trying to say I'm trash?" And she was like, "Oh, you took that way wrong." And I'm like, "How am I supposed to take that? You literally just said, oh, I thought you was a pro. I thought you was good at this. I thought you was good. You supposed you supposed to know what you're doing." You sound horrible. <laughs> How is that encouragement? I'm like, are you trying to reverse psychology me to getting pumped up? Never letting you in a hat do a halftime speech to the losing team. <laughs> they gonna quit right there on the spot. No I was way. helping you out. You see, it changed your whole mood. Nah, that's because I had to step my game up. It, like, <laughs> it helped. I was not trying to go through the ridicule a second time. <laughs> it, see, it helped. Send me to the losing team. Oh goodness gracious! I don't know. I think the losing team may lose more. Uh, anyway, <laughs> all right. So we are here, and what we're gonna do, just to give kind of give you guys an idea of what this podcast is going to be about. So what we're looking to do is just kind of have a regular, real world conversation. Unfiltered convo is what our tagline is, and unfiltered is going to be. So we're going to talk about any and everything from relationships down to finances, down to marriage, down to dealing with kids, down to Dealing with coworkers, um, so nothing is off limits. And if you are a, a coworker, if you are a family member, or if you are an ex, you are probably going to get talked about. So stay you tuned. Might not, no, you might not want to listen that night. No, no, no. Let them like stay long tuned. Off. They need some, some. Some people. Some people need to know <laughs> what people think of them. Unfiltered countable. I, I need to get that made into a drop. Everything Unfiltered. I say, I'm going to say to your face. So I don't care. Yeah, true that. True that. There's nothing that we're going to say here that we wouldn't uh, dare say to other people. So you guys are going to get a very, very clear, concise look at us, past, present, and future. And maybe you'll relate. 
uh, or maybe you know somebody that's just like us. So we're going to jump right into our first topic. And our first topic I thought was a fun conversation. I was having this with a few other friends of mine uh, recently, and I thought that I might bring it to the table here so we can discuss it. If you had to name, if you had to name your top male vocalist of all time, who do you think you throw out there? Okay, so we're going to come from a female version. No, what, what do you mean? We're coming from the females. Oh, females' perspective. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I'm only going to give you one because I don't want you to steal mine. Because you like to steal my ideas. Nah. All right, because I already have mine in my mind. You're and, full and of it. You'll steal my ideas as we go along. So I'm going to give you okay. my. I'm going to give you my bottom person, my white guy first. No, no, no. We, let's let's do the f- number one. Now, if you had no, to I'm t- not doing it that way because mine are all over the place. So you're picking five. I pick five, okay, but I'm going to just give you one first. Wait, oh. wait, 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 wait. Okay, all right. So okay, <laughs> mine are not in order. That's what I'm asking you. Out of your five, can you pick a number one out of that five? I'm not putting mine in order. I'm asking you a question. I can't put mine in order. Why? Because it's just too impossible to put them in order? I'm special when it comes to that. I, I, I can't put them in order. I can't do that. I, when it comes to music, I like all kinds of genres. Cool. So, so on the playing field, if you said just do R&B or this genre and then give me your top five, that would be easier for me. But when you laid it across the spectrum, I can't do that. Top five vocalists all times. Now, to be to be clear to the people who are listening, for you guys out there, we are not talking about top five artists because um, some may put Prince or Michael Jackson in that that category. But Prince is not the best. What are you laughing at? What's so funny? You are having a laughing fit, and I have no idea if it's at me or at something else. You'll see. I'll see what? You'll see. All right. So, continue what I was saying. I'm not talking about artists. You're not laughing to the mic, please, if you're not going to tell us what you're laughing at. All right. So, artists... Um, encompasses stage presence, um, popularity, maybe looks, maybe uh, inf- uh, pop culture influence, that kind of stuff. So Michael Jackson and Prince would not make my top five because they weren't the best vocally. They didn't have the best singing voices. Yes, it fit their persona, it fit their music, but as far as the best singing voices, you want Prince to sing you to sleep? Probably not. I definitely don't want Michael Jackson's high pitch behind <laughs> whispering the, the the lyrics to Ben in my ear while I'm trying to sleep. Maybe we should have discussed this question. <laughs> oh man, let me guess. Your first two is Michael Jackson, Prince, ain't it? <laughs> Baby, that's why I specifically said vocalist. I'm looking it up. Like, okay, vocalist. Meaning singers, singers. I don't even consider Michael Jackson a real singer. I do. I have differences on that. Nah, he's not. I think he's he not can a hit those, I think. I think he is. I just. Well, if I name my number one, you're going to put him up against this person, and you're going and he's going to lose. I have others. Keep going. All right. All right. Go ahead. So you go ahead. I, I was only going to name one. Maybe but, you should name yours first because obviously I want a different direction. 
my I only I only need one. If I have to, I have to think a little bit harder mm-hmm. to think about the other ones because I, when I was talking to somebody else about this, we had a hard time thinking of um, talking to who like to talking to the other Dwayne. So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so having a conversation with a friend about this particular topic is we were having a hard time thinking about a number two. Now, obviously, there are other twos out there, but the one that immediately comes to mind is usually everybody's number one when it comes to male singers. And that's Luther Vandross. He was on my list. So in my opinion, and, and I'm willing to take the fire for it, I don't think there's a male vocalist on this planet. Whose voice is is comparable to Luther, whether he's singing a strong, hard ballad, or whether he's singing a soft love song, or anything like that, or whether he's singing a, a pop dancey tune, like never too much. There are very few guys who have voice control that have the wispiness, but have the power that goes behind it, the vibrato, all of that that go with it. Um, there's obviously somebody like a Johnny Gill. But Johnny Gill is only going to give you that hard, you know, vibrato where he's just kind of like he's trying to sing your panties off literally from a distance. You know, that's that's different. But Luther had, you know, if a house is not a home, that kind of stuff is different. It's it's melodic. It's soft. You can play it while you're falling asleep, while you're making love, while you're driving. Johnny Gill make you want to fight for love. <laughs> did you put Barry White in that list? I did not. You didn't put him with Luther? No. I did not because I, I think. Or Stevie Wonder. Luther, uh, well, 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 let me touch on Barry White first. Okay. Now, Barry White, to me, was one-dimensional. Barry, Barry White wasn't giving you melody. Barry White, Barry White was giving you the mm-hmm. deep, sultry sounds. <laughs> now he's whispering, you know yeah, what I like. make the goosebumps on your neck stand up. Mm-hmm. And then the goosebumps on top of those goosebumps stand up. <laughs> <laughs> and then the hair on your toes curl. That's, Barry White was very one-dimensional. Uh, and although in his era... He was one of a kind because right. he was unique. Um, his music doesn't necessarily transcend. Anybody parent playing a Barry White song at anybody's wedding? My darling, I can't get enough of your love. But anybody they playing do. that at a wedding? Yes, yes, I do. No, they don't. Anybody playing that at no modern day wedding? You see, you see Letitia and Tyrone having that at their wedding? No, not not, they're playing not Cardi as they're walking B. down, but. At- Nah, they ain't playing it at the reception. Now they 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 might play it at the reception for their grandparents, but they ain't playing it for them to get on the dance floor. They they can play okay. it for the old people hour. What race are we talking about here? Because oh, the weddings I, I've been to, these they, are the songs that get played. Barry White, yeah, because that's that's it's commercially black. <laughs> that particular song has been in so many move crossover <laughs> movies that. You know, certain people are introduced to it. So now, the, and, and, I'm not and listen, talking about the black weddings, though. I know I'm talking about the white weddings. Okay, and this is not a you know a, a racial bias portion of the conversation. I'm no, just saying, it's just what happens, right? There's a lot of commercial, just like you still hear uh, Nelly's "It's Getting Hot in Here." Yes, at a lot of white functions. Yes, and black people ain't played that song since 1999. Exactly. So you know, but DJs are still playing that stuff at weddings and stuff like that. Right, it's but the they, go-tos. they don't play it for the young people. They right. play it for our generation and people who may have heard it in commercials and go, "Oh my God, that's that Nelly song." So there's a lot of music that still does that. Well, Let me throw another name out there: Marvin Gaye. I thought about Marvin Gaye. Um, 
I'm gonna put him on it. I'm gonna put him on the list. I'm gonna put him on the list. Um, does he have a great voice? Um, yeah, I'll give it to him. Okay. I think he has a great voice. Stevie Wonder. You mentioned him earlier. Mm-hmm. Stevie is an anomaly to me um, because he doesn't have typically what you would consider a melodic voice. Explain. He has a very high pitched twangy <laughs> voice. Isn't she like? Like he has a very high pitched. Do that again. Uh, no, I don't, I don't want to do that again. I <laughs> they might pass out from hitting that again. But he does have sort of a a a, a very distinct voice, and there are certain artists that have distinct voices that it works for them. And they're popular with it. But if you had an acapella of, of Stevie Wonder, would it still have the same? I don't think so. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I, I'm willing to put him there because he has put out some phenomenal songs. My Sherry Amore, mm-hmm. um, you know, everything on uh, you know, songs in the uh, key of life. Like all, There's so many classics. Part-time lover. I just called to say I love you. Like there are so many songs, but he has a very no New Year's Day. <laughs> okay, so it's it's hard to put him on that list, especially with, with the likes of a Luther Vandross and a Marvin Gaye. Um, somebody like a Sam Cooke could make that list. Now, if I'm if I'm just talking black artists, I'm, I'm going there. Now, if I'm talking white artists, yeah, I got a couple of those. There's certain people I put on that list. Uh, Frank Sinatra. You know what? You didn't even think about him, Ooh, did you? I didn't. <clears throat> you know brought I, that up for I, me? I really dig Sinatra. Our painting last week. Our New York okay. painting. That's yeah. what brought that one up for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I, I dig <clears throat> Sinatra. Um, I really love his, I love his vibe, the music. It's almost, it's almost like he rolled the music. It, it, was, it just kind of felt like the music was just like a backdrop to him just skating through, just smooth skating through. I would have loved to have gone to a, a Sinatra concert. You know, they, I, I guess, you know, if somebody ever said, hey, well, what artist would you, would you have loved to have seen, um, you know, that's already passed? I, I would definitely say Sinatra. Okay. Just that whole era, I definitely would have been a part of the Rat Pack. Um, you're going to laugh at this one because he's a, he's a blue-eyed soul singer. But... There's not a there's not a genre there's not a black people and white people got to rock with this dude just because he put out some really phenomenal songs and that would be a Michael McDonald. Really, I, I'm definitely putting Michael McDonald on that list. I think he's a very underrated. Um, I don't think he's had a a lot of smash hits. Uh, he's had he's Name had a some. Name a couple. Uh, I keep forgetting. You're saying everybody else's, but you can't even yeah, give me some of his. Come I just said, can't, I keep forgetting. It's the name of the song. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. She ain't even know. Good gracious. Yes. So, so keep forgetting is probably his biggest. That was great. Um, his biggest commercial hit that I think still gets played a lot today. Um Everybody knows that one because they've used it in the, the Warren G. Regulate mm-hmm. uh, song or whatever. Um, I said, Yamo be there, What a Fool Believes. Everybody's heard What a Fool Believes. Um, 
he ran with uh, the Doobie Brothers for a long time. Matter of fact, I want to say the Doobie Brothers is who recorded What a Fool Believes. Um, but he ended up joining that group. He was a solo artist that joined the Doobie Brothers, and then he went on to have his own solo career, and he still kept going. Um, but then he stepped away from doing new music, and I think he kind of went into producing and kind of stayed away from the uh, the new stuff and just kept, he's still performing, he's still traveling, making money off of his old catalog. But to me, his voice was phenomenal. Because no one knew he was he was white until like the music video came on. I remember as a kid hearing that, assuming it was a black dude. And then when I kept hearing other people talking about, yeah, you know, Michael McDonald's white? And I'm like, ain't no way in the world. My brother's sound, he sound. Sounds right. black. And, you know, um, I know there's probably a lot of white people out there who are thinking to themselves, well, what does it mean to sound black? Well, if you listen to Michael McDonald, there's your definition. Um, let me ask you a question. Let's bring in some modern-day people. I was just going to say the same thing. Yeah, what about the people today that could qualify as, as that? I, I would say Ed Sheeran. I can't say his name now. Ed Sheeran? Yes. Or... Um, you're going to hate me for this one. Probably not, if we're thinking the same thing. I'm going to go Bruno Mars or um, Justin Bieber. Sorry, not sorry. Did you just say Justin Bieber? <laughs> I'm sorry. His new stuff that he came out with now that he's out of his little stupid phase, I guess. Mm-hmm. No, he's still in it. He's, he's <clears> um, for sure still A couple in. of his new things that he's come out with, I got to give him credit for. Mm. I, I, I don't know. <sighs> I go back and forth with the beaver thing, um, but there's been a couple of them. Hold up. Say his name again? No. <laughs> Did you just call him Justin Beaver? <laughs> like an Oregon beaver? Beaver. Like a beaver that's got the teeth that it makes Bieber. dams? Yes, beaver. Okay, so you just called him Justin Beaver. Okay, I just want to make sure we were talking about it. Maybe that's a different artist we're talking about. Maybe this is an underground artist that I haven't heard of, because I've heard of Justin Bieber. But Justin Beaver, he he might be a new underground artist. Since he's not on your list, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Adam Levine. Levine, How do you say his name? It's Levine. Okay, I said it right. I was confused, because you keep messing me up on how I say things. Maroon 5. Yes. He would be up there. He's to me. He kind of falls in that Stevie Wonder category. He's got, he's got a very yeah. unique voice. But again, do you want to hear acapella of him just singing with no music? There are certain people like I could I could name some females, and you'd be like, oh, I get it. We're not on females, though. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, I can name female to give you an example of what do you mean singing acapella with no music? Mm-hmm. Now, if you listen to Beyonce with no music, she gets way too much credit. I'm sorry. Ooh, Beehive, please, please. Come with, for me. Withdraw your stingers. Come for me. Please, Beehive, spare She gets too much her. credit. I'm sorry. Way spare. too much credit. We will have to talk about that on part two of this conversation. Come we'll, for me. We, you heard it here, folks. Beehive, she's all yours. But we will, we will touch base on that later and I'm definitely using that as a sound bite to the intro to the next episode where we discuss the female singers <laughs> but um she will not be on my list I'll just go ahead and mark that off right I, now I, I, I pretty much she's got off the that. list I got that I got that so let's go back to your, your your last few so you said Justin Bieber I say no I say you're nuts um Justin Timberlake he was on my list I think Justin Timberlake is a vocal Phenom to me, his vocal control, his falsetto, mm-hmm. um, 
like I still play Justified. That first album mm-hmm. from front to back was almost like Yes, honey, I know. Like yeah, like when, <laughs> when he left NSYNC, like all right, so I'm not gonna be a little fanboy about this, but when he left NSYNC Yes he is, he goes all around the bedroom singing all of it. Shut up, I don't. I do not. <laughs> I don't sing nothing around don't, the house. In my don't car, let him lie to y'all. in my car, I might. In the don't house, don't let him lie to y'all. Name the song. What I in what I be saying? Straws going all around the bedroom. You ain't supposed to be telling people that. Anyway, <laughs> so Justify was phenomenal. Uh, what was it? Sex, love, and pain, or sex, love, and something. Um, that was decent. I was okay with it, but um, the twenty twenties, the twenty twenty album. Oh my goodness! Like that whole album had everything you needed on it. So his voice is is him as an artist is phenomenal, but his voice is is definitely up there. And to me, that puts a Justin Bieber. Yeah, it it washes it him drops out. him. It, it washes him out. He's completely. a freshman. I'll give you that. Yeah, he's a freshman compared to Timberlake's senior. I'll uh, definitely give you that one. Status now, if Justin Timberlake is a senior in high school. Mr. Bruno Mars is a graduate student in college. Bruno Mars is on another level. He's a genius. I, I think he is an absolute <laughs> genius. This little Hawaiian boy is ridiculous vocally. Stuffy um, comes. Stuffy. Uh, mm. Man, I have tried singing his stuff in the car by myself and gave myself a headache trying to hit some of the notes he hit. You do realize I'm in the passenger seat when you're doing that, right? Huh? I'm in the passenger seat when you're doing that. Uh, you nah. ain't by yourself. Well, no, nah, not all the time. There's times where I drive by myself, and I'd be like, "All right, cool, I'm alone. Cool, I'm trying to hit this this falsetto that Mr. Morris has been hitting that I haven't been able to seem to get." So I'll try to hit that because there's a song that he does with um, Cardi B. I think it's like uh, "Please Me." Mm-hmm. He does that "Please Me." Oh, I tried to hit a couple of those high notes when I was in the car, and I gave myself a headache. Like literally, you feel that vein in the middle of your head pop out because you're trying to hit that. Yeah, that. Yeah, and his new song, the one he has out with Anderson Park, that song has like ridiculously traveled all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like everywhere you go now, it's everywhere. And TikTok has made certain songs die out faster. Yes, I think that's probably the downside with um, social media, to a degree, is um, a song that you may like, you may hate in the same week. Um, and that's probably the the worst part about TikTok, or maybe well, I would I would say Instagram, but now TikTok because everything is based on a dance or a challenge. So every video you scroll through, someone's doing some version of that song or a remix of that song. So it's like the song that you enjoyed hearing. Now you're you're getting annoyed hearing, and the song uh, "Leave the Door Open" um, by Bruno Mars mm-hmm. and Anderson Park. When I first heard that last month. Head over heels in love with it. Wasn't sure how everybody else was going to receive it because it's got a um, a, a soul, a 70s, 80s soul feeling to it. Um, that was me. But the fact that a week later it was on everybody's TikTok was like, It burned right, it out big time. And now me. you get sick of it. It's so, just like the busted challenge. Yeah, I think it's bus, bus it, bus it, bus it, it. whatever no, no, it is. No tea. Yeah. But then when you ride in the car, you don't even want to listen to the radio mm. because every time I'm like, ugh, I just heard that fifty times on TikTok. Yeah. 
And it's, it's irritating. And sometimes people just put it on their song just to get more views. Of course. And it's, it's annoying. It starts to get annoying after a while. Like, it can be a great song, but like you said, it's going to burn it out. Yeah. So there's pros and cons to so, certain things. But I would have never heard the Bruno Mars song. You brought it to my attention. You said, oh, babe, I love the song. Here you go. <laughs> Next mm. thing I know, it's everywhere. And I was like, Yeah. Yeah, so I, I remember it was our song. Mm-hmm. For like, when, what, a week? For like a, a week. <laughs> when, it, for, when it first came out, it was our song. I played it for her. She loved it. I enjoyed hearing it. And then it was like throughout the week, we'd hear it more and more. I even made it her ringtone for when she called me. And uh, I got tired of hearing my phone ring. There were times that I would put it on silent just so I didn't have to hear that song. So I finally changed it to another song. And now I'm hearing that. And it's a country song. At least it wasn't the first ringtone you gave me. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> All right. So a little fun fact. So if there's something that's uh, uh, a funny thing between me and my girl, I, I will try to make that a thing. So, you know, so when we were doing, she introduced me to TikTok. So let's put that out there. So I got introduced to TikTok from her. So a lot of the videos had that, that oh no uh, track to it, um, which I think is a song, but had the, the TikTok oh no song. Anyway, I thought it was cute. It was endearing. It was one of the first things that endearing. we both. Well, to find something that was hilarious <laughs> okay. between us because you introduced me to TikTok. A lot of that song kept popping up in a lot of videos. Okay. So when I went to go look at ringtones or alert tones on my phone through Apple Music or the Apple Store or whatever, that was like right there on the front page. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, snap. I, that's that. That's that. Oh, no song. So I download it. <laughs> and I think she sent me a picture or something while we were in the bedroom. And that ringtone came on. And uh <laughs> She goes, happy. what is that? I, I'm like, what you mean? That's, that's your text tone. Let me know that you sent me a text. You, you picked the oh no song. So what you're saying? You're saying oh no is what you feel like when I text you? I mean, in my mind, yes. But I wasn't going to tell her that. <laughs> oh, the truth. The truth. These are jokes, folks. These are jokes. High, high yeah, class okay. comedy. Mm-hmm. High class He is comedy. close enough to hit people. This is high class comedy. No, but I did not look at it as like, this is what I feel about you when you text me. It was like, oh, no, this is our little funny thing. Remember, we were watching all these videos with the Oh No song in it. Ha, ha, ha. I wasn't thinking about, this is the song that I think about that, you know. Oh, man. Let's put it like this. Trying to explain that to her was probably as hard as it is to explain to you guys right now. It didn't work over as well. Not at all. Either. And this has been a few weeks now. So I actually found a ringtone. By an artist um, that she used in a video that she made for me on TikTok. And it's by, what's her name, Gabby Barrett, mm-hmm. called The Good One, or The Good Ones. He's one of the good ones. He's one of the good ones. I adore that song. I love the song. I actually never would have heard it if it wasn't for her putting her TikTok video together on my behalf. And I actually really liked the song. And I thought it was a new song. I went and looked it up. That song came out in like 2019. I was like, oh, this is an old song. I'm thinking I'm, you know, getting on to some new stuff. <laughs> but I tell you what, it made me want to go. I, I want to go look up some of Gabby Barrett's stuff to hear some of her good, you know, some of her. Because I've never really been into country music. 
Unless somebody brought mm-hmm. me somebody that was like phenomenal, like a Kane Brown or yeah. a Florida Georgia Line, but a female artist, never. It's Dolly Parton. That's all I knew. But There's this, certain ones that are very good that, that, I, Gabby that Barrett, I rock with. I, I'm, I'm on Gabby Barrett. I'm gonna give you some more, babe. I, right. I'll bring you over. So, Gabby Barrett, if you are out there listening, please <laughs> hit us up on our line there. We'd love to have an interview with you on the show. That would be awesome. It would definitely be breaking barriers of all kinds. All right, so. But watching you explain that was pretty interesting. Seeing you on the other room going, no, no, no. That was supposed to be endearing. I really liked that ringtone. <laughs> and I'm going, here, now stand in a restaurant, stand in a line at the grocery store, and your ringtone is, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. And the people behind you are going like, is that your wife? <laughs> that oh, yes. sounds great. Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. So. Anyways, but it's gone. It's I'm trendy. Happy. It was a trendy song that everybody heard. No one would associate it with a negative no one. <laughs> thought of a person. I really think I mean, we should turn it back and we should test this out. Why? Do like a field little field test? Yeah, why? Yeah, For what? Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Let's see how many people look at you like, oh dang. That's a little rocky at home. No, I, I actually I I'll put it on mine because and let them talk to me. Nah, because you hang around nothing but female teachers. <laughs> and they're going to be like, ah, trouble in paradise, I see. That's your ringtone for Dwayne. <laughs> you know that we all gossip. Exactly. The whole school will know by the end of the day. And there are certain people I already know for a fact. He already just, ain't driving her to work. He exactly. made her get that rental car. <laughs> exactly. There's there's, uh, there's few people that you've mentioned that I'm just kind of like, oh, they're going to definitely have something to say about it. So let's not do that. Everybody's um, nice at work. Oh, yeah. I mean, those are the stories you shared, too. Um. (laughs) Oh, thank God it's Friday. Thank God it is Friday. Yeah, and we have 23 days left of school. We love our students. They're all learning fabulously. Mm. They are all excelling. 23 days. But we are ready for summer. This COVID year has taught us a lot, but we are ready for summer. So at what point in time between now and the end, in these 23 days, do the kids check out? Uh, they checked out about two months ago. Really? Yeah. So at the beginning of the school year, you think you see a distinct difference between the kids' attention spans and their interest. <laughs> is, to, that, is that really a question? Now? I can tell you're not a teacher. No. Okay, so you remember those big gummy bears you bought for my class? That was, I if do. y'all listen... <laughs> You see those gummy bears, you can have that at the end of the day. Anybody who gets an A on this test, not an A, well, four, if you do a good job, like right at this point, you're trying to encourage them to do good. You want to find anything you can to encourage them to get to the next day. Same thing for us. Everybody gets, you get to that burnout stage. Right. So you've got to encourage them to make it to the next step. And that's the last two months of school. I don't know why it's like that. It's just like that. If you know there's an end goal, if you know there's an end goal, that's what's going to happen. Period. So anything you can do to encourage them. Testing is fixing to happen. And it's what it's what to happen. Testing is fixing. 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 This is a southern thing. I know you're not from Florida. You're not from down south. But this is what we this how we talk. I've lived here long enough to have heard it. But go ahead. So we fixing to take tests. (laughs) We fix it. We're fixing we fix to take tests in May. 
because they pushed it back to May. So once these kids are done with these testings and stuff like that, like they're they're pretty much already checked out, but we're trying to keep them focused as much as we can. If that means for our school, we do room transformations, dress ups. Um, my son's class is going to do a glow day. Um, What's a glow day? A glow day is. Um, what did they say theirs was going to be glowing to be smart or something like that. Um, I did a superhero day. Um, that, was, anyth- that was today, right? That was today. Okay. Anything to encourage them for the next level. So, gotcha. And to touch on what, what she was mentioning earlier about the gummy bears, um, we had made a trip to Burlington Coat Factory. I guess it's just called uh, Burlington now. And um, while we were standing in line, you know, if you've ever been to Burlington, if there's a Burlington in your area, you've ever been there before, you know that they have like the long aisle of uh, just useless knickknacks as you're waiting to get to the cash register and everything from like socks down to lint removers down to all kinds of obscure snacks and coffee beans from Mexico and you know random stuff. So as we got right up to the front, right next to the register, were these two um, giant gummy bears on a stick. They looked like giant lollipops, but they were actually gummy bears on a stick. And I am a gummy bear fiend, but the first thing that popped into my head at the time was, oh, man, these would be great for your class. Like your students would enjoy something like this, maybe as an incentive or a reward for having a great day, being attentive listeners, being helpful to other students, something like that. So I thought this would be great. Well, apparently uh, that didn't go over as smoothly as uh, I had envisioned in my head, but she knew more than I did. What happened when I gave you those and you brought them to school? Oh, they they wanted them right then. I ended up putting them on the board. And let's see, we bought those over the weekend, right? Right. So I put them on the board and there was a competition all week. So I do something called Dojo where they earn points all week long. They can earn points for making good choices, doing the work, getting a good assignments, being a good friend, helping somebody out, running errands, anything throughout the day, getting a compliment from another teacher, principal, anything. Um, whoever had the most points at the end of the week, one for a boy, one for a girl, whoever had the most got the gummy bears at the end of the week. So at the end of the week, I took the board off my screen so they couldn't see it. They were not happy about that because <laughs> they thought I was going to rig it. I didn't. I did, but I didn't. Um, because there's certain people, you know, you, you have those kids that always do well, um, but had gotten compliments. And I had to think in my head, OK, who did who got compliments throughout the week? So I had to make sure I did right by it. So they ended up the bright kids ended up getting it. Um, we not only did it once, we did it twice. But I think the second time. My class had a pretty rough week, so I sent it to a different class to do the reward the second time. Um, Disclaimer, I'm a teacher. I teach first grade. Doesn't mean I don't have a personal life. I'm not human. I don't have other things outside of life. Right. Don't scrutinize the teachers when we are off the clock and we do our own thing. Right. Because a lot of people tend to do that. They think we don't have a life outside of work. Right, and that you're just teaching random people in grocery stores as you shop. You're well, they think we just teach, but we're not allowed to have a personal life. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that, uh, um, on a side note, I think that's something that we always do to a lot of professionals. We, we assume that the lawyer doesn't have a regular life and that they're without fault because their job is to prosecute people who have faults. 
Um, we think that the chef is at home cooking gourmet meals mm-hmm. instead of throwing something in the microwave to just, you know, eat on something real quick because he's been cooking all day or whatever. So, you know, definitely word to the wise out there. If you're a teacher, it's okay to just let it loose and just be normal. Right. So, you know. Have a glass of wine. Exactly. It's okay if you cuss every now and then. If you, you're allowed to have your personal life set away from your job. Absolutely. It's a job. We love what we do. When we walk through that door, we do what we're supposed to do. We take a lot of that home with us, and we do a lot at home. Yeah. However, we have our own family, our own social life, our own friends that we deal with outside of work. Right. And we're allowed to do that. Sure. sure. Um, yes, are we examples to our students? Absolutely. However, we're allowed to be adults. Right. right. Yeah, I, I actually have known some teachers in the past um, in other states. So I lived in a few other states before moving to, uh, to Florida or while I was here, I kind of relocated a couple times. But I knew some teachers who you know, who totally let loose when they were off the clock. <laughs> Recreational uh, desserts, we'll say. Holy moly. Yeah, and, and that's the way that they actually had to decompress from being a teacher because these the expectation from the parents was high. The expectation from the higher staff, whether whether your principal, vice principal, was so high that you know even from the parents, even from the parents of the kids, because sometimes just these kids are spending as much or not more time with the teachers than they are with their parents. Absolutely. You know, the kids get out of school, and you know some parents, some some kids are latchkey kids where they don't see their parent for another two or three hours after they get home. And but think about that. How much time do you spend at work compared to with your family at home? If you're spending from eight, seven, eight in the morning till five, six o'clock at night, yeah, you're not can. with your family. It's, the kids are doing the same thing. Yeah, exactly. And and that's something I think that it's it's always lost in translation because everyone feels like their family or their household is different. Oh, I have a great relationship with my kid. It's like, do you? Um, we'll have to bring this up on a topic and talk just about stuff like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll definitely delve deeper into it another time. This is just surface level and, and just kind of going off the gummy bears. But as far as like having to keep kids engaged in school at this point in time, you know, this is the age that a lot of parents are finding out that their kids have ADD, ADHD, have all kinds of issues, anger issues, because the kids are frustrated because they have to go through school at this point in time, and now they're frustrated, so now they're fighting at school and no one knows why, or they're drifting off, or their creativity is sort of faded, or you can't keep them in their seat because exactly. they want to go talk or play with the other kid on the other side of the room. Um so this is the age that parents are discovering your kid's not crazy. Your kid may have a learning disability or an attention exactly. deficit disability. And, you know, a lot of parents are in disbelief because it maybe it, it skipped hurts. a generation. Yeah, it hurts. You it feel hurts. like it's a, maybe it's something I did wrong or maybe it's something I caused. It's like, uh, that's not that's not how it works. Now, me as a teacher, I come from all perspectives. I myself have, have ADHD, so I grew up with it. I have children that have ADHD. When were you diagnosed, though? When did you know? I didn't know till I was an adult. I knew when I was a kid, but I wasn't diagnosed as a child. So I struggled in school. And struggling in school and knowing how I was treated, knowing what the teachers did, knowing what my parents did, it just wasn't right. So it gave me an inkling. Being a teacher, seeing it every day, I have that um, point of view. Now, being a parent of two children, I think 
more of my kids have it, but at least two diagnosed children that have it and dealing with it on a day-to-day basis, one medicated, one not medicated, um, knowing how it feels as a parent, trying to, you know, cipher through that and feeling the guilt, been there. So being able to be a teacher and deal with that with parents and know where they're coming from. I have parents that come in with anger and stuff like that, and I can sit down and say, guess what? I know exactly how you feel. I don't have to lie about that. And I can cipher through that with them and go through those emotions with them because I can relate to them. And boy, do you relate. Because <laughs> you're your youngest, your youngest here. <laughs> Love him to pieces. 10 years old. And he is ADHD. Is he ADD or ADHD? ADHD. Okay. So that's the attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, and for and, and on a real world explanation of what that is, these kids, they are so. Imagine ha- someone having OCD, and they have to move around. They have to do certain things a certain amount of times to feel comfortable. Now, uh, ADHD for a child is they can't sit still. They have to be moving. They have to, you know, uh, um, adjust themselves in their chairs a lot. They move around. They're fidgety. Their eyes can't focus on one area. You can't. Get, it's almost like how you know. Um, Kelly and I have a, a little funny joke about having tabs open in our head, a multiple tabs open in our head, which means as we're sitting here looking at each other, having a conversation, three or four other tabs have opened up in our heads of things to do, things to accomplish, people to call, uh, stuff that's on a timer that has to get done before a certain amount of time, like we, to-do lists, like everything starts popping up. So we're literally having a conversation, sitting and talking to one another. And you, you can see the glow in our eyes, like another tab just opened. I'm like, I'll look at her and go, something just opened up again. Another tab just <laughs> opened up. And she'll go, she'll just smile and nod and go, mm-hmm. And I'll go, listen, we, we have to stop opening so many tabs. Now, with the ADHD child, these tabs are opening up, and they don't know why. Mm-hmm. They're thinking, you're sitting there talking to them about one particular thing, and four or five other things have popped in their head in that short span of time. Funny story, or the funniest story that I've had since I've been around um, Kelly and, and her family, that's now my family. But the funniest thing that's happened that even after I've told this story about five times, I still find it absolutely hilarious. So her youngest son was um, getting ready for school in the morning, and I'm here to help out. As far as kind of giving him some focus and direction while he's getting ready, if not left to his own devices, he would go to school in his underwear <laughs> and a uh, Fortnite uh, gator mask, and he'd be totally content. <laughs> so I try to be here to kind of offer some sort of structure and semblance of uh, rationality as to what he's doing when he gets ready. Anyway, so he kind of uh, he keeps his clothes on a hanger in the living room as sort of, okay, these are the clothes that are set aside that I'm going to wear tomorrow. These are my shoes. These are my socks. This is my belt. This is the mask that I'm going to wear. It's not floating around in my room. It's already pulled out, set aside, ready for me just to get to put on. Um, So he gets up in the morning and he gets into the living room and he goes to change clothes. So he takes his night clothes off. He'll drop his night clothes on the floor. And he'll think he's he, because he, he has ADHD. 
he'll, he'll think my job is done. I've taken off the old clothes. I've put on the new clothes. Now let's start the day. Forgetting the fact that the old clothes are now on the floor. So I'll come outside and go, hey, buddy, these clothes that are scattered here in the middle of the floor, you need to pick those up and take them to your room and put them in the hamper. Now, his brother's in the room, so we're trying to be quiet. That's why he gets dressed. His older brother, he shares a room with his older brother who is sleeping at this point in time, if he hasn't already left for work. Um, But there are occasions that he has a day off and he is still there. This particular day, I don't remember if his brother was home, but um, I looked at him in his face and I said, hey, stop for a second, because he was getting a little hyper. Uh, He had just taken his medicine, which hadn't kicked in yet. I said, hey. I need you to grab these clothes on the floor, put those in your room. He looked me in my face. He said, yes, sir. He walked toward the clothes and he went to go reach for them. I turned assuming, okay, he's going to grab the clothes and take those to his room. So I go about my next uh, thing that I have to do in my day. So I turn and walk away. I do a couple things. I handle some stuff in the bedroom. I come out to double check and see where he is in this process. I step out of the room. The clothes are still in the (laughs) middle of the floor. Can I be him? Hang on. Let me continue setting the stage. So in my brain, I'm going, hey, did I imagine myself in this last five minute situation? Did I imagine that I said, hey, pick up these clothes in the middle of the floor? Because sometimes that has happened where I have thought that I said something, but I only said it in my head. Uh, my lovely lady here has had that problem multiple times too where she thinks she said something to me but she said it in her head and she's like why didn't you respond and I'm like I never heard the question so anyway I'm having this out of body experience going I could have swore okay let's replay it I said get the clothes out of the middle of the floor his response was yes sir and he nodded I remember the nod because it was a very adorable nod it was a nod and I saw him move toward the clothes (laughs) And reach. I must have hit a glitch in life because there's no way in the world that he reached for the clothes and stopped reaching for the clothes and disappeared and ended up in his room. Anyway, so I, I call him back out there. And what we were able to deduce was the fact that in the midst of him reaching to pick up the clothes, he remembered that he didn't do something else. Stopped reaching for the clothes. <laughs> went to go do X, Y, and Z, whatever it was, Aaron that he had to do in his room, and left the clothes sitting there. So you ready for me to be him? Please. He's reaching for his clothes. Oh, I don't have on shoes. So he runs to go put on his shoes. Goes to his room and realizes, I didn't make my bed. So he starts to make his bed. His mouth feels dry. Hmm, I need some water, so let me go get some water. (laughs) This is my son every single morning. Yeah. I love him dearly. The child has a checkoff list. We have tried checkoff list. We have tried walking him through steps. Before Dwayne came, I was doing this by myself. Every single... It's exhausting. He has seen... He has tried to do it now to kind of take it off my plate while I get ready in the morning. But he has a checkoff list. He knows just what to do. We set everything out in the morning and the night before so that he can... He knows what steps to do. Brush his teeth, do your hair, do let's do this. He's 10 years old. He should be able to do this stuff on his own. Well, he has he, he now has a uh, a morning and night 
checkoff list that has that um, that Kelly was so lovely enough to laminate. So we've been able to use a dry erase marker. So every night he's able to check off boxes that says, uh, I get home from school, I have to set out my clothes for the next day. You check that box. Um, I have to uh, set uh, fill my water bottle up for the next day. You check that box. Um, you got to empty out the kitty litter and throw the garbage away and check off those boxes. So and in the morning, you know, you have your, your morning things to do. So that way he has a visual sense of accomplishment. He's seeing what his duties are in this house, what his responsibilities are, and he's able to see his accomplishments with check marks. After he's done, one, it lets him know when he's almost finished. Two, it lets him know when he is finished. And then three, it lets him know that he actually contributed to his own success. Mm-hmm. So she, this was her idea, something she's done in the past. And she was really a, a little reluctant to actually redo this again. We thought this would be a great idea as far as since I'm here now being able to walk him through. Because you got to understand, Kelly was trying to help him with these list of things all while trying to get herself ready for work in the morning. So um, her time was, was, you know, literally stretched thin. So she was probably starting her day off super uh, stressed out, trying to figure out how to keep on going. So how how to, um, you know, get her day started with the right level of energy, but also trying to keep her, her temper down because she's had to keep up with a 10 year old, a nine, 10 year old who literally will stand in front of you and then disappear. And you have no clue what he's doing and you go to find him and he's, Playing with like dryer lint or something, and you know it's just dryer lint. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. It is the most obscure stuff. I've actually walked in a room some some at one point in time, and he was almost doing a a headstand with a giant (laughs) stuffed duck watching YouTube (laughs) and humming the theme song to some song, some some show he was watching, and I remember just standing there going. That's peculiar, um, <laughs> but I didn't want to interrupt him for but fear. He's the sweetest kid. Oh, absolutely, like, super super sweet kid. And once his medicine starts kicking in, and here's the thing: we talked to the doctor. He really needs it for school and stuff like that. You don't want to over medicate your kid. You don't want them to lose their personality, right? Um, but some days are tough, right? And when he comes home and he opens every cabinet in your kitchen and. Just to try to make a sandwich, and you you see stuff everywhere. Like it's frustrating as a parent. Yeah. But you have to know when to discipline, mm-hmm. and when it's not their fault. And it's true. And that's I think that's the the line and what you have to figure out as a parent. And that is very very hard, especially when you're a teacher. You've dealt with kids all day. You deal with kids that are like this all day. I have four or five in my class that I have to deal with that I don't mind. I that's why I became a teacher to deal with kids that have issues that need that that don't have a teacher that's going to get frustrated constantly with them. And then you come home to your own and you're like, <sighs> yeah. OK, I'm going to go in my room for a few minutes. I'm probably going to take a bubble bath and have a glass of wine. <laughs> Y'all do. I'll call his brother. Uh, why don't you feed him dinner? I'll be back. And people wonder why I never cook. Yeah. Maybe because I need to disappear for a few minutes. But I have to take care of myself at the same time. Of course, of course. And being a single mom for so long, having four boys, it, it gets interesting. 
and if there are other things, uh, single moms that are out there who have a professional career, then you truly understand what Kelly's talking about as far as needing that, that alone time, that refresh, that recharging time, because you cannot go from zero to 100 and stay at 100 all day and expect to fall asleep comfortably. You will drive yourself nuts. So you definitely need that. It's okay to disconnect sometimes and, and you know, when the kids go to sleep or whatever and have a bubble bath or some wine or whatever and having your alone time or even, you know, the joys you may find from dating, you know, that kind of takes your mind away from, because like we said, people are, these are real people that are on the other sides of these professional jobs um, who have real desires, real needs. And sometimes that, that need is in a partner, is in a mate. So dating comes into play, which is probably the perfect segue into um, the next topic that I, that we were had sort of uh, bullet pointed, which was, uh, online dating. Mm-hmm. So oh, online dating is ha- has probably a lot more horror stories than it does success stories. And that's kind of sad. It is, especially with COVID and everything happening right now, because you can't go out and just meet anybody. True. True. And, and COVID has made it almost impossible to even see people if you do go out there because you're wearing a mask. Exactly. So you have... Either shallow expectations based on a body shape, mm-hmm. or you are desperate enough where you don't care what she looks like. She's smiling at you th- with her eyes or something. I right. don't know what it is, but um, but anybody can hide behind a computer too. So you you can't win. Well, let's let's talk about it. So for for people out there that don't know, or people who are out there who are nosy and need to know, we will share this information and say that Kelly and I met on a dating app. Um, the the Ooh, app is, which the, one the app is not paying us any sponsor money so we will not mention the app if you ask us on a one on one we might share it with you but I'm not putting that out there unless they decide to help us and and, and pay some bills on this side but we did meet on a, on a dating app and the weird thing is is that we had met plenty of people. Through these dating apps, I've I've experienced them all from OkCupid okay to Plenty of Fish to Bumble to Tinder. I've, I've matched to all of them. Match.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I've done, and we've both done the 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 search and find through uh, filtering through all the crazy people, the people who have their fantastic representatives of themselves, mm-hmm. and then once you get a chance to date them, they turn into absolute jackasses or um, uh, the, the people who aren't who they say they are, the people who are married and, and didn't want to admit it, they just wanted something on the side, or the people who are even crazy enough to say, we want you to join our relationship. Been there, had that. You know, the people who want you to be a third party in there, there's, you know, threesome ex- escapade. Um, these dating sites can be crazy, but they can also be dangerous. I've actually heard a few stories of Plenty of Fish where there have been people who were set up for murders. Other people, sites, too. Mm-hmm. People who have been set up for hits. You know, they a girl will befriend somebody out there, and they will you know, get them comfortable enough to meet them someplace, and even if it's an out-of-towner. Like, oh, you live in the next state? You know, what you think about coming down? Oh, you want to come down here and see me? Oh, you know, it, you get somebody hooked in there to a point where they're willing to invest time and money and they'll come and visit you, and then all of a sudden now they're led into an ambush where they're getting jumped, robbed, and or murdered. That's even happening through social media sites like TikTok, Instagram, um, Snap, yeah. um, Facebook. They, they've they started the dating sites, and I've seen people fly out 
And you see, I've seen videos where men have warned women, don't fly out. Let the man fly to you. Like, don't put yourself in that situation. I don't even think a man should fly out. Yeah, don't fly say, out to somebody that fly. if you don't have a second plan. If you're flying somewhere, you should have your own hotel, your own safety net. your own People should know where you're at. Have your location on with a best friend or something. If you don't have friends, do something, a coworker. Somebody should know where you're at. Right. Even when you go on these dates, I had a girlfriend tell me, hey, I'm going on this date. She doesn't know this guy. I said, when you get there, snap a picture of him. Snap a picture of his vehicle, his license plate. She didn't know who the guy was. She had just started dating again. I said, when you start doing this, I said, these are the things that you put in your phone. It's going to go to your iCloud, even if you don't send it to me. Keep your location on. Right. If nothing else, this stuff is going to your iCloud. It's going to your locations, even if you're not sending it to someone. Yeah. Send it to me, but if you're not comfortable sending it to me because you don't want me in your business, at least take those shots. He doesn't know you're doing it. She doesn't know you're doing it. Right. It only takes a split second, and it could save your life. Absolutely. Or if it doesn't save your life, at least they know what happened. And it, it's sad that that people um, who are genuinely looking for love or a uh, true companion or relationship mm-hmm. have to go through those safeguards just to date safely. Um, we were lucky enough where that wasn't the case. And, and, and let me be more clear. We were blessed enough for that wasn't the case. I don't. I don't believe in luck. Luck is a happenstance. It's a an uncontrolled sub. You know, it's it's something that's outside of God. It's it's something that's made up, in my opinion. We were blessed. I believe we believe that this was a part of God's plan for our lives, and us meeting was just sort of uh, a part of a long play that God had set for us to go through. So. Um, we had met numerous people f- through these dating apps before, some that had turned into offset relationships, some that just ended up being dating that just didn't work out, uh, some you just kind of kept close friends with to a degree um, until you were able to find somebody or what have you. But we were one of those success stories through the dating app because <clears throat> for those who don't know, um, who aren't in our direct circle, the first night that we communicated was a fluke. <laughs> so I was on this particular website. She was on this particular website. And I had been trying to start conversations with certain people. And I wasn't getting any luck. And which can be damaging to not just your ego, but just like, man, I, my profile wasn't intriguing enough. My pictures obviously aren't either. So I'm thinking, goodness gracious, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of women that are on this app. Now, one person in this country finds me attractive, and I say that specifically because I was getting a whole lot of women from the Philippines and Thailand and Uganda who love my pictures, who, let's just say they weren't my type. Um, but nobody here in the States was giving me any, any attention, so I'm sending messages to people getting nothing in return. So I was literally getting frustrated, so I put on my profile, hey, listen, I'm deleting this app soon. Um, you know, just just giving you the heads up. I'm just you know by the end of the month this will be deleted. And the reason why it was the end of the month was because I had paid for like the three month subscription where you get a chance to see all the people who have looked at your page or liked your page or whatever. So I wanted to you know have some sort of advantage. So I paid the forty bucks to be able to do that. And I had like just done that maybe like a week or two prior. So I'm like, well, I paid for it. I might as well utilize it for the best, you know, for the time that I have it. So I said, listen, at the end of this particular time frame, I'm out. 
and I was frustrated. I was done. I had stopped even checking the the, the app itself. It's like I would literally scroll past. I'd go to Instagram, Facebook. I'd check different text messages, but I would never go to this this app because I'm thinking to myself, I don't. I no longer care because no one's. It's going to be the same thing. No one's going to look at my page. No one's going to like me unless, except those women in the Philippines or Thailand or Uganda. There's no sense in me doing anything. So one day. It had been a good couple of weeks since I'd been in there. Something said, hey, just check it out. So I said, all right. So I open it up. I get this message from this young lady who says, oh, it's that bad, huh? That sucks. Too bad. And, or something along that line. And I'm like, wait a minute. Somebody actually, somebody real actually sent me a message. Well, well who, who is it? She lives in the States? Check. She lives in Florida? Check, check. She's gorgeous? Oh, yeah, let me find out who this is. So I go to her page, read her profile, instantly intrigued. I need to know more about her. So now I'm thinking, oh, well, maybe I lost her attention. Maybe she wasn't really interested. She just saw my page. So I reach out to her, and we end up having a good, quick. Con- it was a pretty decent conversation through through yeah, the through, through the app mm-hmm. through the app at first. And what I wanted to do was be able to set the stage for her to be comfortable enough to exchange phone numbers. So we went a good while. I think while. you did a pretty good job of that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, people, <laughs> well, if you, if if the listeners don't believe, you'll you'll believe in a minute. So I want to say we went maybe 30, 40 minutes just through text through the app. And at one point in time, I gave her my phone number and so we can continue the conversation thinking that I was graduating to the next level. Well, that worked so well that we texted for another good hour or so, just kind of getting to know each other, a lot of introductory stuff, just kind of laughing about commonalities, which I'll tell you guys about later. And as we got into that, we both were like, oh, no, we need to be on the phone. So did we did we FaceTime or did we just talk on the phone? I think it was just talking. I think we just talked on the phone first. Yeah, I don't think it was FaceTime yet. So we ended up talking. We like did levels. It was really yeah, yeah, funny. Yeah. It's graduated. We graduated. We graduated. Now all we it's do like is we pretty were much scared. FaceTime. Let's do this. Okay, level one, level two, level yeah, three. Yeah. <laughs> so then it ended up being um, uh, a phone call. So after we finished texting, we got so intrigued by each this other that for the, hours. For, we were already in what like by this time we're in like two or three hours. Yeah, we're about two or three hours in. Right now, this is two or three hours. In from the the app to text messaging to a now regular phone call, and then we decided, okay, we got to do FaceTime. But we do, the FaceTime didn't come out. I don't think the FaceTime came the first night. I think it might have came, came the first night. Did it? Mm-hmm. All right. So we ended up talking on the phone for how many hours? We talked on the phone for about 12 hours. Now, that includes the actual audio plus the FaceTime. We, we, 12 hours. Our first conversation. Do you know how much you get out on the table in 12 hours? <laughs> I worked a shift and a half <laughs> while we were talking on the phone. A shift and a half. I worked a full-time and a part-time shift all in this one conversation. So the stuff that we talked about went from everything from 80s TV theme songs, TV show theme songs, to cartoons we grew up on. To we sang a little bit. Breakfast cereals. We sang a lot of it. 
to our childhood, to where we were from, the fact that I've lived in seven different states in my life. She's never left uh, Florida. You know, so our upbringing was, but here's the connector. The connector was the um, the desire to love even through childhood trauma, yes. even through family trauma, drama, PTSD. Um, relationship trauma. Relationship trauma, which was the most recent dark cloud over both of our heads. Um, with our individual stories that I'm sure we'll share very small tidbits in as time goes on. But we had that in common where it was like, okay, not only do we make each other laugh, which is a, you know, a, a precious thing. We also have a lot of the same similar um, um, background history as far as dealing with trauma, as far as dealing with adverse family situations where you don't feel supported by family and sometimes even abandoned by family, even while they're still there. So that was a lot of our connectors where we were both looking for someone to understand our plight, understand where we came from. And we've always dealt with people who just didn't get it. Let's be clear. That's not two broken people coming together. It's two healed people coming together. To a degree, I, I, I think that there were two levels of healing. Mm-hmm. Um, there were certain things that I just kind of put in a glass box and I, I wasn't willing to deal with at the time. Um, and to kind of fill people in on, on what I mean by that, um, I just relocated back to Florida, uh, Lakeland, Florida, from South Carolina. My mom died. I had to go to South Carolina to handle her affairs. So what I assumed would just take a month or so, uh, but I had never done this before, took literally 13 months to handle. And it happened two weeks to a week before the whole pandemic started. So I got up there thinking I'm only going to be here for a little while. I head back to Florida where I lived uh, on the East Coast, and then I'll continue life and, and hopefully pick up the pieces of losing my mother. Well, um, that didn't happen, and Florida became a hotbed for the virus spread, so everyone was saying, don't go back to Florida. It's not a smart idea. Um, so I ended up having to spend 13 months in my mom's house all alone, no visitors, questions, concerns, worries about what's going to happen, and it gave me a lot of introspective time to think about what I was looking for in life, love, professionalism, all that stuff. Um, so there were a lot of things that I kind of did not deal with, because, especially with my mom, because she died so abruptly. She was killed in a car accident. That was a lot of things that I had to deal with. Well, we never had this particular closing conversation. So for you... When we first started talking, what was the first thing that kind of went through your head when we were kind of exchanging our stories and kind of talking about um, our, our our common interests and the things that we experienced as a child? What what was your first thought about me in that sense? We both dealt with loss. There was a lot of loss and heartache in our lives. So we would understand. There was a lot of understanding between the two of us. Right. So we could relate. <clears throat> It's easier to relate to somebody that has ex- has experienced those things than somebody that's never experienced death, sure. never been through trauma. 
which I've had that in previous relationships where they've never been through anything. Mm-hmm. And so when you talk about something, they don't have a clue. They're like deer in headlights. So somebody that's experienced something, they can relate to you. They can have those deep conversations with you. It's True. not the end of the world. They don't tell you, get over it. Let's go Let's go have some cake or, or whatever. It's not that simple some days. Right. Um, and they can tell you what's healthy and what's not healthy. Right. Whereas people that's never been through anything can't tell you that. They don't see it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's those are the things that really should be, in my opinion, those are the things you should look for in a relationship. The, the surface level stuff, it will fade. It seems very superficial. Mm-hmm. Um, but the desire to connect with somebody who is willing to accept you for your past and won't judge you for it um, is so essential. Because um, when you get to our age, dating is not the same. Can we agree on that one? Amen to that. All right, it's so not the same. It's not the same. And if you can't, if you are not going to go into a relationship thinking about, if you're going to go and think it's going to be peaches and creams, you're crazy. Right. You're going to deal with arguments. I'm going in asking, how do you deal with arguments? Right. Do you need space? What do you need from me? How This is what I need. What is right. your love language? Like, I need to know these things. And if you're not having those kind of conversations, I don't want nothing to do with you. True. If you sit there and tell me, I don't, I don't have a love language. When I have an argument, I'm good. I'm good. You don't need to do nothing for me. Then you have no clue what life is. Right. It's going to hit you like a ton of bricks. It's going to hit you like a ton of bricks, and you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, and and I, I used to be one of those type of people. I remember um, in 2000, and I believe 17, I was having a conversation with my mom before she passed, um, where we were talking about the, the, the love languages, and if she asked me if I knew what my love language was. And I was sort of saying, I don't think I have a love language. I said, (laughs) because I was very familiar at the time. I was very familiar with the love languages in the sense of, I knew what, what they were, the touch, quality time, physical touch, access. I knew what all that was, but I kept thinking none of those things have value to me, but I was also very single and had been for a while. So I didn't know what I needed, even while I probably needed it the most. Um, But I think my, my, hurtness and, and ego was probably saying, hey, none of these things are you, Dwayne. You you don't need you don't need to be touched. You don't need words of affirmation. It's ego like, can I, destroy a lot of things. I I, I, I needed certain things. And, and the one thing that I definitely needed, uh, which I discovered after I took the uh the test, the, the uh, five level five love language test was uh quality time and touch. So in 2017, I was very staunch in, in the sense of I, none of these things fit me. I don't need any of these things. To a few hours later going, quality time and touch. This is it. This is what I need. And it makes total sense. And I've held on to that. And uh, so for those who are listening, my love languages are quality time and touch. No, you cannot share any of my time, and my touch is only for my lady. Good job, babe. Good job. So, but here is the here's the kicker, baby. What are your love languages? Touch and quality time. Oh, she said the exact same thing <laughs> I said. So when you meet somebody, if you know anything about the the love languages, then you know that uh, the 
the love languages are how you receive love. So someone that you're in a relationship with could easily be doing a bunch of things that they think are pleasing to you, but they're not how you receive love. So they're missing the mark the whole entire time. So you may think you're in a crappy relationship, but that person just could be speaking in a totally different love language, but they are trying. Um, knowing what your love language is for your spouse is helpful because they know what pleases you. They know that, you know, um, acts of service is your love language. They know that, uh, that, that, because you're working late, they should probably stop off at Walmart or Publix and grab the groceries. Um, if, if, if gifts are their love language, they know that every once in a while having a surprise gift waiting for them or some sort of surprise for them. Gifts never you know, hurt. That never hurts. They never hurt, guys. They never, ever hurt. But the, these things um, <laughs> help you understand what pleases your, your partner. And, and honestly, for some guys out there, gifts don't hurt. Some guys. Gifts do not have to cost. Let me be clear, because I've ran into this in the past. Gifts do not have to be monetary. You can make a gift. You can write a gift. You can write a note. Put it in her car. What are you, six? You can put macaroni on it, too? Come on, man. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> it's the thought that you guys put into it. We understand that you guys always don't have money, and you don't always have money. I don't always have money. You can go buy me a 50 cent candy bar. Let me give you an example. You can go to dollar store. You can buy the little um, hot. What are they called? Uh, hot tamales. What are they called? The little candies. Hot, hot something. Anyways, you can put them in my car and call. Say I'm your hot stuff. I don't care. Anything. Um, oh, the Do you see what I'm candies? Uh, yes. Yeah, 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 Do you understand what I'm tamales. saying? Sure. Mm-hmm. Anything to to make that person feel a little bit special that day. That's all that matters. Yeah. That's it. That's all that counts. Yeah. Doesn't have to be. Well, some guys set the bar too high and they're starting off with Tiffany bracelets and all of a sudden they're like, okay, listen, Tiffany bracelets, that's the start. You you can't come back with like a a dinner to to Longhorn Steakhouse now. I I need, I need the Waldorf Astoria. I need trips to Miami. Well, those three and four carrots still don't go anywhere. Sorry, babe. Yeah. All right. So, anywho, <laughs> fellas, the if you are listening to this, or ladies, if the, here is your portion that you want to share with your husband or your mate, mm-hmm. take the love language test. Yes, the quiz itself is super quick. You're probably it's only going to be about five to eight minutes or so to take this quiz and, and be honest with the questions be honest be 100 percent honest do it by yourself so no one sees it but when you get the the results back on what what your dominant love language is mine ended up being tied for quality time and love language mine and every, close. everything mm-hmm. else was um like minimal minimal so that means just quality it means that uh words of affirmation gifts uh all those things mean very little to me but quality time and touch mean the world to me, meaning that just being in the same room with my my lovely woman here and having her just hold my hand, rub my shoulder, rub my leg, placing her head on my chest when she's getting comfortable and relaxing mean the world to me more so than words do. It means more to me than, than a gift does because you can use that to pacify a situation and there's no love there. So for me, my love is shown and, and it just so happened that hers is the same. So. I enjoy touching and kissing her and spending time with her. All those things are meaningful to her because those are her love languages too. Fellas, if you are listening, learn your love, 
Learn your lady's love language. Ladies, if you are listening and you think that everything you're doing is not keeping your man's attention and he won't take his, his eyes off of Sports Center or watching the game or even looking at, you know, other women in some capacity, find out what uh, their love language is. Even if you know his love language, if he's not there, he's not there. If he's not there, he's not there. What you mean? Even if you know somebody's love language, if he's not committed to the relationship... He ain't the one. So let's be careful with that. Okay. If he's not the one, he's not the one. If he's showing those red flags, leave. I made the mistake of staying in relationships that I should have left. Yeah. Trying to, what's his love language? Let me do this. Let me make this for him. Let me do this. Don't waste your money. Don't waste your words of affirmation. Leave the relationship. Stop worrying about being by yourself. You're going to be by yourself eventually anyways. I think I think a lot of people have a uh, have a fear of failure. Yes. The FOF. Yep. The fear of failure. You you don't want to walk away from a relationship feeling like I could have done more. I should have said this. I should have did that. So they're going above and beyond to make sure that they try to do it. It's not everything. necessarily that. You don't want people around you. You don't want to take that Facebook status down. You don't want to you don't want your friends to look at you and be like, hmm, she got a, she just left another one. Maybe something's wrong with her. Right. Let me give you an example. I'm a single mom, been divorced twice. I have four kids, two baby daddies. That looks really bad on a resume. A dating resume. <laughs> it looks extremely bad on a dating resume. Yeah, but sure. that should not be who I am. So when you're dating and you see a red flag in a guy, you've been with a guy for two months and you're like, ooh, I see all these red flags. And you told your girlfriends about him. He's okay. He, he's been doing great because he's showing his face in the beginning. And I'll show all these positives. And then I'm like, I'm seeing this red flag, this red flag, this red flag. I need to let this man go. But I've told my girlfriends about him. Now I got to let this guy go. And next month, this other guy approaches me. So I want to give him a chance. That's part of the dating process. And we need to make that normalized. And she's not talking about me, ladies and gentlemen. No. Every, everything that she just said, it may seem like, oh, she's giving hints about Dwayne. Absolutely no. not. This is my no. dating previously where you feel judged by friends and family and everybody else because you're trying to date. Right. And you're talking to a guy. It doesn't mean you're sleeping with them. But you're talking to a guy or you're dating a guy for a couple of months. And you share him with people or you're talking. People know that you're dating this guy. And... He shows red flags and you get rid of him. Now it looks like you're the problem. Right. No. Or or if because they don't know your intimate life, they assume that you're just a hoe yeah. and you're just bouncing from one penis to another penis exactly. because, you know, uh, you're done with them exactly. or, or that person is done with you. It's just a, a exactly. sex thing. So. But let's let's be clear. And I'm going to throw you off with this one. <laughs> I'm going to throw you off with this one. Let's Sorry, do it. babe. Okay, so doesn't mean she's sleeping with all of them, but if she is, that's her business. Breathe, take a breath. <laughs> it's her business. Whose business is that? It's nobody's oh, business. It's nobody's business but hers. That's a good point. If she decided to test that out, test out the ride, and then she realizes, dang, this ain't the one for me, and she moves on to the next. Is she supposed to stay with these red flags? She's been with the guy for almost two months. Yes, she she got intimate with him. He was smooth talking to her. She thought everything was great. She's trying to walk that life, but she thought everything was great. 
So, yeah, she let him get some. And then these red flags start popping up. And she decided, hmm, I know my self-worth. I'm not staying with this dude. And she leaves him. She's wrong. Because she didn't make him wait three months. But then at the beginning of the relationship, when we tell the guy, let's wait three months, we're wrong. Pick a side, guys. Pick a side. I, I don't I don't know if 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 it's if it's wrong along the side. And it's hard to explain because mm-hmm. it's a thin line between being a hoe and being someone who constantly makes the same mistakes and figures it out too late. Because usually, you know, a, a guy can only hide who they really are, but for so long. Right. Now, get let's not let's let's not get it twisted. A woman doesn't just give sex because the guy wants it. She right. gives she sex because she wants it too. So but there's a lot dating. of people who are hoes because they were just kind of like, I need to make sure that he's not clinically crazy. Okay, he ain't clinically crazy. Right. I can get something from him. But if so. she's dating, let me give you an example. You're talking to a girl. Every girl, think about every woman that you've ever talked to for more than a month. Okay. Okay. Every woman that you've talked to for more than a month. Only you. All right. More than a month. You've slept with. Uh, Correct? Yeah. yeah, So just because our men come for us quicker than the women come for you doesn't make us a hoe. We just more popular than you. That's I don't I don't agree. And here's here's why I don't agree, because women are in control of the sex. Men are only allowed to have men are only have sex with Men only have Man. sex with who they're allowed to. Women have sex with who they want to. A man cannot dictate who he has sex with. A woman has to agree to it, has to have some sort of attraction with to him. They can, Anything outside of that is rape. So wait a minute. So every woman that you've been with, you've slept with in less than a, within a month, correct? Correct. Okay. But if a woman has slept with every man that she's been with in less than a month, wait a minute. But just because you weren't able to get as many girlfriends as she was boyfriends, she's a hoe? That is close to being correct, yes. That's not fair. And let me it, tell you why. Let me tell you why. Can I think, let me let me address okay, this before you jump before you jump topics. Go ahead. I think that that does make her somewhat of a hoe because she is in dictation of who she has sex with. So okay. are you? No, we are not. We can't have sex with a woman. We, we don't have women aren't sending us applications to have sex with us. When we go Hello. matter of fact, what you is were the, able to have stop. sex with the woman within stop. a month. You that didn't wasn't, have to. That wasn't based upon me. That was her letting me have sex with her. So you what you're missing the point is the and, and I'm not surprised that a woman doesn't understand this. The fact that you don't realize the power of your vagina is the fact that No, I realize a, it trust a, me. When okay, so what's the cliche? Women go to the club with their girlfriends. Women aren't going there looking for guys. They're going there to have a good time with their girlfriends. They're not chasing guys around. What's the cliche? Guys are there with their with their buddies trying to find somebody to go home with. They can't have sex with anybody that they're not allowed to have sex with. But, um, Hang on. Anything outside of that is rape. If they have sex with somebody that they that doesn't want to have sex with them, that's considered rape. A guy cannot determine on his own who he has sex with. A woman has to allow it. That means the woman has to find him attractive, funny, cute. She has to be horny at that moment. She has to be the one to say, I consent to having sex with you. A guy cannot do that because no one is pursuing guys. Guys are pursuing 
the woman. So if the woman decides that she's having sex with somebody new every single week, that's on her. And, and whatever guy she de- decides to do it with. This is what we're going to do. We are going to, this is going to be a segue. We are going to bring in our couple friends in a couple weeks. We have a few couple friends that we have. We are going to bring them in on this conversation. So when you lose this battle, I'm not going to lose. This I battle. am going to get a massage and a wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. look at me. So who determines who wins this? Oh, get it, getting more supporters on their side. Yeah, basically. That's not it, fair. It will be obvious of who gets it is, this. It's not no. fair because you know you're gonna lose. <laughs> you are out of your mind. There's no way in the world. He knows he's under the water one. at this one. There's no way so, in the world that here, you can I hope we've gotten some people's attention with this topic. If, if you guys were falling asleep on the school topic <laughs> or jobs or whatever, well, we went from one thing to another, didn't we? Hopefully, this will keep you guys so, engaged. We are going to get our friends in on this topic, and whoever has more supporters, because we will have men and women on this topic. Yeah. It'll be evenly, and these will all be married couples right? that have met in different ways and have been through some things. Whoever wins on this topic, here's what I want. A night of me. <laughs> I'm in. You're always in. <laughs> that's, not even, that's not even a punishment, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I am in. I don't even know why that's... That's not a punishment. That's none of that. I'll have to come up with something different. However. Yeah. Okay. But that's definitely a topic we need to bring some other people in on to see some other point of views. There's no other point of view in this. It's not just you. Yo, you got to understand. It's not tell all be all you. So, so the the man is the dominant person in the relationship. The man is a dominant person in a relationship, but the woman determines which man she has in her life, in her life, whether that be temporary or that be, that be long term. A woman determines that. So a woman has the precious thing that's being chased. Women aren't chasing dick, and those women are called the women. Those women are called prostitutes. Are you ready? Are you ready? No matter. It's gonna all be a, men. Go for it. All men. And then we're going to change subject. Okay. All men are not the dominant one in the relationship. Dun dun dun. <laughs> Let's leave that back. That has nothing to do with women still having the control of, of, over who has sex with them or not. A, a woman that allows a man to have control over who has sex with them is is being raped. A woman has control of who comes to their house, speaking of whose that, house they go that, to. Tomorrow is April twenty fourth. What they got to do with anything? That's the stuff that's going around with the guys that are supposed to. Speaking of that, so we'll talk about this whole subject another time. That is something current that's happening right now that we don't want to happen. Let's touch on it because by the time this comes out, it's probably going to be April twenty fourth. So I want people to hear this and understand what I've heard. Now you've probably heard a little bit more about. Uh, this particular topic that mm-hmm. I have. So I'll just kind of intro it and, and I'll segue it over to you so you can right. tell me what you've seen. But from what I've gathered from social media, uh, April 24th, 2021 is a silly day that's being celebrated by some people called National, is it it's National Rape Day. It's National Rape Day. Basically, what it is is there's going to be people out, be out, people be out there to just rape women. 
they're just going to be pulling them in alleys. Um, Every time I come a nigga, gotta set it, then I gotta go in, then I gotta get it, then I gotta blow it, then I gotta shut it, any little... And that was TikTok showing up on my phone. My apologies, folks. My apologies. Good timing, babe. Good timing. Yeah, go for Anyways, it. Um, what that's called is basically it's National Rape Day, and they're going to be trying to rape different women in different cities doing different stuff that's just not called for. I don't know where it came from. Um, at first, it was kind of just a joke, I think, um, but it's gone national. I've seen many. I learned about it on TikTok. TikTok has taught me many things. I'm blessed for to have TikTok actually. Um, there's been many police officers and stuff trying to educate people about it. They're just saying, don't go out alone. If you're trying to hit the bars, clubs, whatever you're trying to hit, make sure you're being safe tomorrow because there's going to be those idiots out there that are going to do something that's not too bright. Um, for that those of true. us that are that are out here that are recovering or have experienced things like that, this might be a trauma trigger for you. So make sure that you're doing whatever you need to do to not have those triggers. Be with friends, um, do something relaxing, try not to have those triggers. And for the people that are out there, for the men that are out there that are looking at this particular date, I'm pretty sure it wouldn't be any of our listeners here, but the guys that are out there that are listening to this day thinking that they have plans to go out there and playfully rape somebody or take this day lightly or think that it's more hilarious than it is serious, you guys are sick individuals who need to be bashed in your balls repeatedly because something is definitely wrong in between your ears. This rape is nothing to play with. It is nothing to joke about. It is nothing to take lightly There are people who have lifetime trauma because of rape or attempted rape, especially by people that they thought they can feel safe around. So for you to pull something like this or even think about something like this, you are a demented, different kind of person. And whatever comes your way, I I feel neither, you know, good or bad about that. So um, I would suggest you. Tomorrow, fellas, if, if you're hearing this tomorrow, fellas, or if you're hearing this, it would probably be for, a t- for today for you. Keep, a, keep your women close by. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye on your female friends. Keep an eye on your cousins. Keep an eye on your mom. Keep, keep an, an eye, eye on, on the strangers. Your sister. Keep an eye on other people. There's women out there that are going grocery shopping and not paying attention or whatever. Keep an eye on these guys that are just wandering, doing stuff. Yeah. You guys know better than sometimes we're ignorant to it and we don't see it. Right. So and and don't assume that your town or your city is oblivious to uh is is um is what's what's the word I'm thinking of that that your town is 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 not going to participate in something like this. All it takes is, is one person exempt. All it takes is one person um to be be an idiot before now your town mm-hmm. is all over the news for the wrong reasons. Um if you're thinking of playing a joke or a prank or being funny, I'm asking you to double think that. Think it only again. Takes, if we only reach one person, that's all that matters. Yeah. If we can catch the attention of somebody out there who thought that they had plans to be funny, or even if they thought that they were going to do something because they thought maybe it would get them some viral attention. You know, everyone's doing everything for a viral reaction. Um, I'm asking you guys not to do that. 
I'm asking women to keep an eye on the guys that are out there. And guys, check your friends if you know someone that's out there going to do something idiotic. So we we will leave you with that. So this was our first episode, first episode of the Custer Chronicles. Hour and a half, not too yeah, bad. It kind of bounced around a little bit, but I think it was okay. And I think I think that's probably going to be the premise of the show. I don't want it to be so structured that it feels like it's um, not a real organic conversation. So we're going to jump topics from time to time. We will kind of bring you certain things that are going on current event wise in the in the news and our lives and such. Um, but we want to keep it really unfiltered conversation unfiltered convo that is us you're getting it raw you're getting it absolutely raw so enjoy it um and these episodes will get better as time go on but this was a phenomenal first episode i thank you very much miss kelly k for being here with me i could not have had a better co-host thank you i appreciate it how'd you feel about today's episode wasn't too bad wasn't too bad wasn't too bad i think it was pretty good for number one that is that is it we are dropping this one in the can. We are dropping this one in the can. I think we deserve a round of applause for all of this. Yes, thank you. I think we did good. Round of applause is very much necessary. And um, what we'll do is we will be back with you next weekend. So stay tuned next weekend for our next episode, which is going to be a doozy because we are going to double back on a few of our topics here, specifically the conversation about uh being a hoe, that seems to be a topic that's yes. definitely going to make a round again. And also our conversation about the top five or the top vocalists of all time. We're going to delve back into that because we're going to have some family and friends here that are going to be able to help us out a little bit more as far as giving us the, their opinion on uh, that particular topic. And I already know what some of our friends are going to say, so this ought to be pretty juicy. But hopefully you take a listen to this episode and you'll get a preliminary look on how that conversation is going to go. So from our our microphones to your ears we ask that you please share this podcast with other people let everybody hear word of mouth spreads like wildfire so let them know you've listened to a very very intriguing show so whether you're driving to work whether you're driving home whether you're listening at your desk whether you're listening while you're getting ready for work what have you we thank you for stopping by and tuning into the custer chronicles we will back be back with you guys next weekend And we look forward to it until then. Again, Unfiltered Convo. Have a great week. Out.